The reason why is because you haven't distributed that content. You need to get more attention on it. You need to get more eyeballs on it. So after you press publish, you need to not just share it on Facebook and Twitter and call it a day. You need to go into a subreddit and answer a question and link it there. You need to go on medium.com and upload it there. You need to ensure that that YouTube video is embedded in a blog post that you wrote three weeks ago. You need to take that podcast episode that you recorded and chop it up into five different pieces and share those on Twitter. You need to turn those into Instagram stories, a TikTok reel. Cause no problems. Mm. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters, we know how to read them faces. Same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk. But right here, make sure you're walking, your talk is constant. Figure we to start out with, with uh, you know, who was Ross Simons? How did you get to where you are right now? Cause like you have your foundation marketing company, you got your own like personal brand, if you will. Uh, with the pro, you yeah. know, public speaking and the conferences and all those other things. So just talk us a little yeah. bit about who you are as a human being and how did you get to this point in your life where you're doing marketing? Yeah, so I'm a small town boy. I'm from a place called uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, born up in, born and raised in a small town called Preston, um, population of maybe like 200, 500 folks. Um, grew up there and kind of moved to the big city, which is Halifax, less than 900,000 folks. Um, been there and still am there like today. So um, from a young age, I always had a itch for entrepreneurship. Both of my grandfathers ran their own business and always inspired me to kind of have this idea of you can run your own business where you can wake up in the morning, go to bed at night and do somewhat what you want in between, um, unless your wife or partner tells you to do otherwise. But for the most part, you can do whatever you want, which I always thought was amazing. So I started in high school, a do-rag company where I was selling do-rags and selling them out of my locker. And that took off. That was my first taste of entrepreneurship. And I fell in love with the idea. From there in university, I ran a fantasy football blog and that opened my eyes to the power of the internet. So I was writing um, about fantasy sports, creating content in the basement of my parents' house, drinking an instant coffee, like just producing as much content as possible. And I started to get traction on this content where I was reaching people all over the globe. Thousands of people were reading it. Some of the top publishing companies started reaching out to feature my takes on who they should start, who they should bench. And at that moment, I realized like the internet is going to last for a very long time and it can change the life of somebody who lives in a small little place like Nova Scotia to reach the masses. So um, unfortunately my marks while I was in university started to dip and my mom told me that I have to shut down my fantasy football blog. So she made me shift it to rossims.com where I started to write about marketing, which is my degree. You fast forward a few months later, that degree kind of acted as the launching pad for my career. I got a job at a local ad agency, quit that local ad agency after I learned the game a little bit, started up my own agency along with a handful of different startups. And I've been running my own business ever since between foundation, um, hustle and grind, uh, e-commerce sites, cleaning companies, doing angel investing, public speaking, um, software companies companies, events companies, I've been just obsessed with building things and seeing how the world responds to it ever since. So today, I've also started to create kids. Uh, so I've got three little ones. Um, and that's, uh, that's also been a lot of fun. So um, time isn't uh, as freeing as it used to be with the littles, but it's, uh, it's an amazing journey. And uh, my new, uh, my new title of dad has been fun as well. That's awesome. That's distribution if I ever heard of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Exactly. Getting that last name out there. That's, that's it. Cool. Last one. That's it. <laughs> so, so it's kind of interesting. Like, so I've talked to a couple of different people, like in the marketing yeah. sphere, and it's like sometimes they arrive where they are because of frustration, and sometimes mm. it's just like they have this epiphany and they right. go for it. So, like you, 
um, like the thing that, you know, I feel like you talk about the most is distribution. So like, yeah. did you just like discover the power of that on your own or yeah. was it that you got frustrated that different things weren't working and this finally right. was a thing or did you just go like, obviously it's distribution. Like yeah. how did you yeah. arrive to that conclusion? So my heart has always been in storytelling and content. Like I've been obsessed with content in general from a very young age. Like I was in drama, I was obsessed with the dramas, the arts, et cetera. Um, and then in my like profession, I started to create content. I was working with a lot of the big brands and creating content for them. Um, I had my own personal brand, rossims.com and I was pressing publish on content. And I noticed a difference. I noticed that when I press publish on pieces of content for these brands that had millions of followers, it it would be from me, same concepts, same ideas, same stories, but they would generate tons and tons of engagement. But when I published it on my Facebook account, which only had a few hundred friends and connections, I would get like two likes. And at that moment, I really realized that the biggest problem and the biggest gap is actually the fact that my sample size and the amount of people that I was reaching on my account was very different from these brand accounts. So I could write a blog post on B2B marketing for a brand, press publish on it, distribute it on that brand's behalf, to their audience and get tons of engagement, tons of traction. Share that on my account. My mom would like it and my buddy Matt would like it, but that was it. <laughs> and I realized that distribution is the key. Like you have to distribute your content. I think we've gotten to a point in the industry and across the, the world in many ways where we've all fallen into the idea that content is important. We get that now. Everybody gets it. We know that content's valuable. We get that content has a role in business, that it can drive leads, it can drive success. We've seen businesses become multi-million dollar, billion dollar businesses on the back of content. That's all understood now. But for some reason, a lot of us have forgotten about distribution. And distribution is important because it has never been noisier than ever. It's never been more competitive. There's never been more channels and there's never been more distractions that people can kind of take their attention and distribute it to. So what we need to do as creators is think about how we can spread our stories on the channels where our audience is spending time if we really need to win. So I would say it came from really a bit of a frustration with the fact that when I was just getting started, I noticed that I wasn't getting a lot of traction on my content and it was because I didn't have the distribution channels in place. If I take you back into time a little bit, the fantasy football blog that I was running and was reaching thousands of people had distribution built into it because I was distributing it amongst a community where people were already interested in fantasy football. Hindsight is always 2020. When I look back at that, I should have been able to put two and two together that at that point I had a shortcut to eventually finding my way to a, a successful fantasy sports career. But instead I went down the path of marketing, but it all worked out at the end. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you, uh, you squeeze some lemonade out of that one. That's it. That's it. Exactly. That's it. 100%. You know, and I think that's so interesting that you say that. And I, and for the people who are like listening, and for me too, it's like sometimes you're sitting there, especially since like you're so much farther in your career than I am. You sit there and you make content and you put work into it, and you're like, does this totally suck? Or right. just like nobody right. care? Yeah. Or like, how do you even know? And then you sit there and like, you look at someone who's like a big time and you yeah. see some of their content and it's like, this is like half-assed content. Right. And you're right. like, and yet everyone's like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh, wow. That's so insightful. And it's like, screw you, buddy. But then at the same, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like, okay, so what you're like, how do you even know? Like if your yeah. stuff totally sucks or you just don't have enough distribution? I think that it wasn't comes even from one of my questions. Like, I'm no, just like, no, that's I'm, fair. Yeah. I think it starts with an understanding of like your sample size, right? Like if mm -hmm. you can say with confidence that a hundred people 
that are your ideal audience saw this piece of content and it still got met with crickets, it's probably not that great. It's probably needs some love. It probably needs some work. But if you actually only reached five people, 10 people, like the other, like nine of those people could have had another tab open when they saw your piece of content. Eight of those other people could have just had a baby throw up on them. Like you have to be gentle on yourself and understand the, the laws of just sample size and how important that plays a role. Because a lot of these folks do have millions of followers. And if they are reaching millions of people with one piece of content and 1% of that engages, that's significantly more than you even had as a sample size. So you have to have that context and be thinking about that frequently when you're producing content. And if you truly do believe that your content is better than somebody who is already at a peak and they're already surpassed you, let that be a chip on your shoulder to be like, all right, I need to show the world that I can win. I need to show the world that I'm better than this person. I need to show the world that I can deliver amazing value because if you put in the reps consistently, the market is going to reward you. Like, I don't think, I think the vast majority of brilliance is actually just like left on the sidelines because people get fatigued about the fact that it takes work because a lot of people have brilliant ideas, amazing ideas. They press publish on five great pieces and I'm saying they're really great. Some of the listeners probably have done this and then they're like, nah, nobody engaged with it. Nobody liked it. Nobody's subscribing to my YouTube channel. My podcast is flat. The reason why is because you haven't distributed that content. You need to get more attention on it. You need to get more eyeballs on it. So after you press publish, you need to not just share it on Facebook and Twitter and call it a day. You need to go into a subreddit and answer a question and link it there. You need to go on medium.com and upload it there. You need to ensure that that YouTube video is embedded in a blog post that you wrote three weeks ago. You need to take that podcast episode that you recorded and chop it up into five different pieces and share those on Twitter. You need to turn those into Instagram stories, a TikTok reel. You you need to distribute it across all of these different platforms, go into Facebook groups where you know your audience is spending time, distribute it in those. You have to do all of those different things. But for most of us, we share it on Twitter, we share it on Facebook, and we call it quits. So long story getting a little bit longer, the key is to actually ensure that you're getting people to see your content. And until you can say with confidence that you've reached like 10% of your ideal audience in the world, keep going. Like you should be sharing that piece of content you press publish on six months ago, three months ago, four months ago, um, instead of just letting it collect us. That's awesome. And I think that, that, that literally dovetails perf uh, perfectly into the, like my, one of my big questions I had for you, yeah. uh, because I had this epiphany a while ago, which is at least this is specifically for Instagram. Is that like such a small percentage of your audience who actually follows you like on purpose right. actually yeah. see your content? Like, I want to say it's like it's like 10% or something like it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say it was like 10% is what I read. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. Um, so repurposing content, 100% believe in. This, yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about is, you know, that's repurposing it. content. Yeah. How do you feel about just reposting content? So like we and, – and you could – you can do shots fired or whatever else. We do that a lot. Like I literally yeah. have posts that I'm, I have queued up to post like a dozen times before they stop posting. Cause I was like, at the right. end of the day, if no yeah. one saw it, what difference does it make? How are they going to know they saw it once or twice? Exactly. Um, so what do you feel about that as far as like reposting? Cause I think that's un underutilized too. My favorite TV show as a kid was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they played reruns intentionally because mm. reruns are worth watching, right? Like if you are creating content that's good, 
then you should replay it. You replay content that is good that your audience might not have seen before, or it's such a good piece of content that they'll want to see it again. Like right. there's no reason to have shame in the idea of reposting your content. First of all, the algorithms are built against us. So you're not going to reach your entire audience. If you have 500 followers and 10% of them see your post the first time, that's only 50 people who saw it. That means there's 450 other people who didn't see that piece. And if that piece of content could have a positive impact on those other 450 people where it can change their life, it could change their career, it could change the trajectory of their life, you're actually doing a disservice to your followers by not reposting it. So in my opinion, you have to embrace the reposts. You have to embrace the idea of taking something that you produced a few weeks ago and resharing it a few weeks to later. Like don't be afraid to repackage and repost your content. It's key. That's awesome. And I think that like, for me, that was a huge relief. And I'm glad you said that it makes me yeah. not feel crazy. And <laughs> I, I, well, cause I never even thought of like for, like from a strategic point, it made sense with just like sheer right. numbers. But like, I had never thought about the idea of reruns on TV because, right. cause like I did, we just don't live in that world anymore. We don't. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm like 35. And so like, yeah. I'm like right on the edge of like yeah. living in the old world and the new world at the same time. Right. And yes, right. like absolutely. The That's only it. way to like, actually do a rewatch and not have to wait for it to be on again was recording to the VHS and like it. watching it again. That's it's like so crazy, but that's it. You're and right. like today you have that save button on Instagram, like tell people save this or bookmark this, et cetera. That's our, like, that's the modern day equivalent of the hit record on your VHS. Please rewind and be kind. But like, yeah, right. you definitely <laughs> want to um, repost your content. I think it's key. That's awesome. And I think that'd be good. Um, just like there's that fatigue. Like yeah. you're talking about, like it's work and yeah. making content is really hard. And so it's like, man, when you look, when you look at like your engagement levels and how many platforms you get to be on, it's like, dude, do I even have the capacity to make content for all these channels all the time? And then when you're like, okay, like I can repurpose and I can repost, then I feel like that gives people like a little sigh of relief to know that like, okay, like if I put good work into this, this isn't just a flash in the pan because like the shelf life of a post on Instagram is, is pretty dang short when you're spending a whole lot of time on it. It's like you can spend as much time as it will last <laughs> online. <laughs> Whereas like a blog post yeah, lasts forever. You know what I mean? It's so true. Um, right. Which, right. Yeah. And I think on Instagram, like people should not be afraid to, put content up on their stories. They shouldn't be afraid to like reshare it to their story like that too. Like find that old post that you shared a few weeks ago and just upload it to your story. I think that can go far as well. For sure. Now, as far as like, I know one thing I keep asking myself is like, well, where are these other places that I should be distributing? Right. And so I know that like, you've talked right. a lot about Facebook groups and stuff like that. Um, what are some places that people just like aren't talking much about that you found are good places to repost content? Yeah, the two big places that I think right now are underrated are Reddit and Discord communities. So okay. 
a lot of folks just heard that and they're like, what, why in the world am I thinking about Reddit and Discord? But hear me out for a second. So Reddit is one of the most popular sites in the world. It's for some reason um, kind of overlooked by a lot of marketers. And I know the reason a lot of marketers are afraid of Reddit. You go on Reddit, you upload something, you get blocked, you're kicked off, you're gone. Bye, Felicia, you're out of here. It's very easy to get banned on Reddit. But there's millions of people and those millions of people are inside of these things called subreddits, which are essentially communities that are very focused and interested in certain topics. So if you have an interest in video editing, there's very likely a subreddit dedicated to that topic where you can write a blog post, you can create a YouTube video, you can create an Instagram um, post, whatever, and screenshot it, upload it, and get that content distributed in these communities. And you know with confidence you're going to reach the ideal audience. It's the same model that you should be thinking about on Facebook groups. Similarly, Discord is the same kind of approach. Now, don't get me wrong, Discord isn't as clean and nice and tidy as a Reddit or Facebook groups in the sense that you'll have to do some discovery on your own. But this is a place that is really starting to take off. And I think there's an opportunity there as well for people to join in. Underlying all three of those ideas, and the main two are Reddit and Discord, is one simple concept, and that's communities. I think if marketers, if creators, if builders start to think about communities as an opportunity for them to extract value, they will be able to win. And when I talk about extracting value, you need to understand that this isn't just like a, a pure give me, give me just for you type of thing. You have to go into these communities with the idea that you can give them value. And if you can contribute value, you won't get blocked, you won't get banned. You will be rewarded with good karma, with great comments, with great engagements, with traffic, with sales, and potentially relationships that will last you for the rest of your career. So my advice to folks would be, yes, Red, like Reddit is a great channel, Discord is a great channel, but at the core of what I'm saying here is communities. You want to find communities, whether it's on Slack, whether it's a, on Stack Overflow, whether it's a forum, whether it's a small niche website that nobody else is using. If your audience is there, go into these communities, reverse engineer what type of content these people want, and then give it to them consistently, and you will unlock an amazing amount of value. That's fantastic. And is that, and when you're talking about like people getting blocked and stuff like that, is that because people are going in for the ask too much? Yeah. A hundred percent. It's coming from experience. I went into a subreddit called Our Technology and I was like, all of my blog posts are great. These people are going to love it. And I started to submit all of my blog posts. And within 10 seconds, I was banned. Why? Because directly in the rules, it says like you have to add value. So I needed to then study what content people in our technology actually wanted and then ensure that I wasn't just submitting anything that happened to mention tech, but instead that it was aligned with the values of the community. So when you do it from that perspective, it makes it easier to win. Since then, I've been on the front page of Reddit maybe 25 or 30 times. Um, and every single time we've generated probably like 200, 300,000 visits to the content that has been submitted. It is no joke, folks. Like if you, it breaks websites. Reddit is without question a powerful channel and something that I would strongly recommend people consider. I love I love that not so subtle flex. That that's good stuff. Yeah. Right <laughs> no, that's so cool and it's so funny because I had that. So I had that very thing happen to me. It wasn't on Reddit. It was on a Twitter thread, and cool. someone had to ask some question. And someone was like, hey, like we actually get that question a lot. Like, here's an article we wrote. And I clicked on it and I just realized I'd been marketed to. And awesome. it felt so natural yeah. uh, because of the fact that it was like it interlocked perfectly. It was right. 
the right answer to the right question and so it didn't feel intrusive or invasive and so like the the next you know the only thing you could do was click on it because i was like this is literally going to answer my question uh plus some and so that's cool that you mentioned that so that's that's kind of what i'm hearing is just making sure that there's like absolute alignment there rather than just treating it like an announcement right yeah i wrote a new blog post exactly i've seen people go in and just be like buy my seo services or buy this pen that we've created that's how you get blocked right like nobody wants to buy it i'm going to reddit because i want to be educated i want to be engaged i want to be entertained and if you're not delivering on one of those three things then you're probably not creating something of value for your audience so just pause the breaks step back drink some kombucha and try again another day like it's not worth it (laughs) no that's cool uh i actually like kombucha so Um, good why i love it (laughs) it's just so expensive um, uh, so, so you had just recently posted something, I want to say it was on an Instagram reel, um, mm. about the fear that surrounds people, right? Cause we're talking about distribution. And so obviously there's like platforms, whether they're emerging, whether they're like kind of on the tail end of emerging, such as like the TikToks and stuff like that, that are like super trending now. They're not like, like really new anymore, but they're they kind of are new to a lot of businesses Um, and there is a lot of fear surrounding those. And you had made mention about, um, you know, just people being concerned about investing money in these platforms that wouldn't necessarily last a long time. And I I think one of the people in your comments um, mentioned like clubhouse, which people still use by the way, but I don't know why. Um, But uh, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, for example, like let's just say, we knew a platform was only going to last like six months to a year. Right. Right. So let's just start there rather than like a question of whether or not it'll last forever. Like what can someone actually do with that information? Right. Right. Like, is it worth spending time and building an audience? And then like, what, what do you do with them to kind of like hedge your bets on whether or not that's going to work? I love this because I haven't talked about it a lot on podcasts, but I think that is one of the most significant opportunities for creators who have time on their side. And the reason why I say this is, if you can go to a channel when it's on the up and coming, when it's growing quickly and it's rapid, you have three key opportunities that sit in front of you. One, you have the opportunity to be the first. So by simply being first, you have the opportunity to capture the growth and the exponential growth that is going to come thereafter. So every net new person that falls into your ideal customer, your ideal audience, they have an opportunity to engage with you and follow you, especially if you're being consistent. What does that mean? It means that you now are capturing new eyeballs on your content, your stories, your brand, et cetera. The second opportunity that you have is to retain them. How do you retain them? You talk about things outside of this platform. You're going to drive them to an email list. You're going to drive them to your YouTube channel, to something that is less risky, something that you know you're going to have for a few years, maybe decades. You want to move them off of this platform so when the platform does fall off, you have captured them. The third opportunity that exists that most people overlook is when you are early, you have an opportunity to build relationships with the administrators, the moderators, the founders, the creators, the people who develop this platform. And they will give you benefits by being early, by being a power user. They will put you as the person that you happen to have to follow when you first sign up for Twitter. There are tons of accounts on Twitter that have millions of followers solely because in the first few years of Twitter, 
when you signed up for a first account, you were met with the opportunity to kind of follow someone and the opportunity to like follow these new people. There's so much opportunity that exists on these channels if you build a relationship with the founders, the creators, and the people behind them. Yeah, for sure. I know that like when I hopped on, um, nobody talks about it anymore, but it was Triller. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was like cool. the competitor for TikTok. In fact, I think someone from TikTok went and made it. Um, That's amazing. Like I had someone who was like an intern reach out to me and like try to help me with like my profile. Right. And, right. you know, it didn't amount to anything. Never, no, nothing ever happened from it. But it was like, oh, wow, like that's kind of crazy that that happened. Yeah. But they were yeah. aggressively trying to grow. And yeah. if you're creating content, that's literally what they need to get the eyeballs. And so it makes that's sense it. that they would be yeah. helping you out. Yeah. Um, now, I know that most businesses are not taking advantage of TikTok. But for the, for the sake of the marketers who like TikTok is maybe even old news okay. to, yeah. what places, what platforms are you looking at now? Give us the inside peek to what Ross Simons is looking at as far as new platforms that you're uh, trying to engage with and see if they're going somewhere. Yeah, so I mentioned Discord earlier, and I am really thinking that Discord has got a lot of opportunity within it. I think Discord is one of those channels that a lot of marketers are sleeping on because they think it's kind of like one of those pure play web three only places. Um, and it's been around for a while, like it's been around for a while, but it's just now recently starting, in my opinion, kind of reach its peak on the back of Web3 and all of the different things happening in that realm. Um, and I think there's a major opportunity there. I think brands can get involved there. I think that a lot of folks are still sleeping on it. And I think it's a massive play. The other one that I think is not really a social channel, but is still a massive opportunity are Substacks. Like I think newsletters and sponsoring um, newsletters of other people is a low hanging fruit in terms of arbitrage. And I think it's an opportunity that a lot of people should be, should be thinking about. Um, but yeah, those are the two that stand out today as like opportunities that people are sleeping on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, Discord has been around for a while, but it's, yeah. it's primarily been a gaming network platform. And so it absolutely is emerging in the sense that it's like finally breaking out of yeah. that uh, that niche. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's cool. Awesome. It is cool. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you like just a couple like random questions. These are not, like they don't have to be marketing related. These are just like no worries. Fun. Let's do uh, it. Quick questions. Uh, favorite book that you're reading right now? Ooh, favorite book. So I'm going to go back to a, uh, a principles book. It's called The Pyramid Principle by Barbara Minto. Um, it's just a book. It's going to sound very boring to some people about how to write well in terms of writing memos and emails and just like basic how to communicate effectively through business. So um, The Pyramid Principle is one of those books that I'm reading right now that I enjoy. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, favorite podcast? Ooh, so I am a fantasy football person, so I'm gonna say the fantasy still. footballers. It's still um, the fantasy footballers. It's nothing that any marketer listening to this is gonna be like, oh, I can get some insight out of this. But I listen to the fantasy footballers all the time. It's a great podcast. That's awesome. And then uh, most anticipated movie of 2022. Ooh. Now that is something that I do not have a clear answer to because I am a Marvel geek and I will listen and watch every Marvel movie um, that comes out. So I know it's probably considered basic to some, but like I Am Groot is supposed to come out. I'm excited for that. Um, all of those things. Like if it's Marvel's related, um, I'm all in on it. So yeah. So did you already watch my Doctor cover Strange? Of, uh, the various movies. Black Panther I hear is coming as well. So that's Ooh. exciting. Um, New Guardian. I did. It was no spoilers. I'm just going to say yes. I yeah. did. 
Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. He's like one of my favorite guys, I think. So, but I'm a new, I'm not like so an good. old is, comic uh, guy. I'm like a new movie. comic guy where like I didn't, I didn't read the books and read the comics as a kid. So like I'm kind of like not right. the cool right. uh, comic guy, but that's okay. I can live with that. Fair. <laughs> well, yeah, cool, man. A, well, we're coming works, on the end of our I didn't watch it. I didn't read all the comics either. Oh really? Okay. Well then. No, I was out. just saying I didn't read all the comics as a little one either. Like I was reading like Archie and a bunch of other weird comics when I was young. But uh, yeah, no. Now I'm all in on the Marvel set. It's good stuff. It's just, they're just well done. So can't be mad That's at it. it. That's it. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Um, man, lots of juice in there. And so uh, for the different marketers who are watching this, whether you're a CMO or whether you're the one actually like on the ground executing every day, like go back and re-listen to this again. Uh, this is going to make so much of what you do just more effective and um, being able to actually make the content that you're spending all the time and actually count for something and actually get engagement and actually not feel that you're crazy, that you're making content that um, sucks, but it's just, it could be that just not enough people have seen it or not the right kind of people. So uh, take comfort in that. And uh, yeah, Ross, thank you very much. Very much. Uh, thank you for being on here. I appreciate it. And um, I hope everyone enjoyed this. I, I know I sure did. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. I hope folks can find some ways to distribute their content in ways that aren't so vanilla. I, I'm sure they will. Thanks. I wanna cause no problems. Mm. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Yeah. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, yeah. but you know when you see imposters, yeah. we know how to read them faces. Same way you know how to read them comments. Yeah. If you wanna talk, let's talk. But right here, make sure you walk and you talk. It's